Welcome to the PWE and Me podcast, a place where we talk about the workplace, how it's changing, and ways that we can create an experience at work that is inspiring, real, and motivates us to bring our best self to work. PWE, what is it? Well, it's an acronym for Purposeful Workplace Experience. I'm on a mission to help our workplaces shift from being transactional to transformational, and PWE is how we will get there. My name is Carolyn Suara, your host and creator of PWE. Welcome to another episode of PWE and Me. Today's guest is Nyan Shaw, an SVP and global head of HR at an information technology and information technology and services company in India. Nyan, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Glad to be here, and thanks for the opportunity, Carolyn. Yeah, and I, I should share with everyone that uh, we just met a few weeks ago, um, standing in line at a work human event, waiting to meet Cy Wakeman. And uh, we started chatting, and I was really interested in the work that you were doing. And I thought, wow, this this person would be a great person to have on uh, have on the show. So really glad that you can join us. Um, and I, I know it's nighttime where you are; it's morning where I am. And I think it's so cool that uh, technology allows us to connect like this. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, I was very excited to have met you as well, and uh, it was indeed um, we, we, that is when we discussed and we talked about this that we'd be on the show together. So thank you very much for this once more. Yeah. So why don't we start off if you could just share a little bit about what you do and and why culture and workplace culture is is uh, an important part of your work. Sure. Um, so I think, Caroline, what happened was, um, so I've been in this industry for about close to 24 years now and have donned multiple hats. I have done HR. I've been in the IT industry right from the very beginning and have been want, I have done multiple roles like sales. I've done HR in various capacities. I've also looked after delivery at some point for about close to about good four to five years. Um, but there was a very interesting twist in my in in my role, which was about uh, five years ago, um, where my uh, boss kind of gave me uh, an opportunity to work in an area which is completely new to me, and that was in the place of employee engagement. And um, you know, it, and in jest, and you know, as a joke, I told him, "If you really want to sack me, you can tell me that." You know, you thought he was gonna he was gonna put you out to pasture and just give you an easy way out to an employee engagement. My goodness. <laughs> yes, because neither did he know, neither did I know as to where to begin. You know, and it was like a you know blank slate, a whiteboard for us, and. Um, and, you know, the canvas was pretty much uh, there, but, you know, we had to paint it with our colors. But, you know, we just didn't know, did not know where to start or where to begin. And um, as, as, as I am more of a data person, I also, go, uh, you know, believe that data speaks louder than words. And any, anything that you would want to build has to be on a foundation of information data. Um, so that was my starting point, really. And... Um, what I did was I broke down the entire workforce into different groups, um, you know, with the help of date of birth, like age, type of work, complexity of work, gender, hours, shifts, and likewise. And based on which we planned interventions that would make a difference and connect with people and 
believe me you they become they became absolute instant hits and they were you know touching every single employee within a very very short period of time so i'm curious to know when you say breakdown and look at the data um had that not been done before or did you look at the data differently than than what we've done in the past when it comes to employee engagement so data was looked in looked at in the past but for not for the purpose of employee engagement per se so you know uh, when the role was given to me uh, we had to make a beginning somewhere so i had to kind of break the entire organization's demographics into different categories and therefore you know draw out interventions that we would do specific to which will appeal to that those sets of people because that means we thought that you know we will reach the larger organization faster uh, and more quicker and um, that's how we went about doing it and i think it worked for us it worked uh, really well um padded on top of that uh, carolyn was also um, a very very strong and robust communication uh, that you know platform that we created for ourselves because if you notice in today's day and age you receive n number of mails and you keep getting emails with people you know kind of put them aside uh, they most often go into junk boxes people don't even read them or they put it aside for a later read and that later never comes um so mails effectively in especially in the it and services space um um are not the best medium of communication though they are one of the very important mediums uh, apart from that we have our usual standard communications that we use which are in the form of banners posters flyers whatever else but we came up with something which is more interesting and which appeals to the millennials which is which, which is what our population largely constitutes so we have um or more more than 75% of our population uh, in the age group of less than 35 so you know we have to also appeal to that that set and we tried various different ways of kind of communicating one such way is like your podcast uh, we use a lot of podcasts in our organization as well we use small videos we use gif files we also have interesting ways of interacting with employees which is chatbots uh, we use yeah. a lot of handheld devices um have our own social network uh, groups and uh, communities that we interact with and a very interesting thing that we introduced was people these days have um, you know they like goldfish you know and there are so many things to do and obviously uh, when you're prioritizing um uh, there's um there's you know uh, ample of things that you have to do and focus on and you wouldn't essentially you know kind of look out for a communication or an org wide information that's coming in um you know we wanted to get into their their private space so we also tried to kind of use um, you know a radio so we have a 4 minute radio which which runs so we have our very own radio channel which runs for just 4 oh, minutes <laughs> yeah just 4 minutes on a friday um and it's a predictable radio so people know that it's going to be you know coming on and they will give you you know absolute important and urgent and most uh, critical updates at that point in time and also a bit of you know fun in it because we have also involved a quiz element to it so people actually do participate and win some some prizes every week so that's another way of engaging with our people through the medium of communication And so that all those different I mean those are there's a number of commu- uh methods of communication there mm-hmm. was that a result of what you learned through that initial survey like how did you get to a point where you, you where you were using all those forms of communication to connect with your employees 
So, uh, so we, uh, when I was handed over employee engagement as a portfolio, uh, we were doing an active role of engaging with employees through, uh, we were like the HRPPs, you know, I was heading that group of HRPPs who were really responsible for, to know the pulse of the employees on the floor. So they were walking the floors, talking to people, understanding, interacting with them on a daily basis. So we actually had the pulse of the employees. So um, the, the, the culprit of me getting this portfolio was me myself and nobody else because I went and presented to uh, my leadership team Maslow's um, theory you know the hierarchy of needs yeah and I said you know what you know we're great at you know self-actualization we do great at a self-esteem but you know what at the bottom people are unhappy they're largely not okay they're not satisfied they're looking for a lot more things which we're not doing for them Right. And that is how employee engagement was given birth to. So, um, wow. it, so <laughs> well, I got to stop you right there for a second, because I love Maslow <laughs> and I talked about Maslow's hierarchy in, in my book, Rules of Engagement. Uh-huh. Uh, can I ask how how you used that concept and his theories to persuade your senior leadership team that you were part of that this was a not a, a nice to do but a must to like a must do so, so what we were listening to from the floor or from the ground um was very different from what the leadership believed um so what they were seeing is that we need to kind of groom people we need to develop them we need to do leadership programs we need to do something for you know their self-esteem and actualization which was which is actually the top two layers um, of, of Maslow's hierarchy, but the bottommost layers are your, you know, the absolute basic needs of physiological needs and your safety needs, which is where, you know, if you're not sure as to if you finish your one, one of your projects and you kind of get released from that project, what next? So between the two projects, there is, there is a time, time gap. So therefore, you're on bench. Now, how long are you going to be on bench? So that's in in a software development lifecycle and any engineer, for that matter, software engineer, um, sitting on bench is is a period which is in between two projects, uh, which is very critical for him um, to kind of, yes, unwind, but how long does that last is very important right. for him to kind of cut it short. So that actually builds in a lot of in sense of insecurity, Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, absolutely. And if you don't take care of that through various interventions to kind of you know take away security, people are largely going to be um, insecure and unhappy and unsatisfied, dissatisfied, and therefore would be looking out for better pastures or you know greener pastures or different organizations where they will get into a role rather than sitting on bench. So this is just one example. Um, where, and so the leadership team wasn't aware of that insecurity then. Like you were able to bring that to light. Yeah, they were they were aware, but we we had to kind of you know build it in a perspective, saying that all of these things are intertwined and they are all uh, a part of the same thing, and we need to kind of ensure that we you know um, you know you know create uh, an environment which is conducive and uh, ensure that all of these things get taken care of where the employees uh, would essentially feel that you know this is not just a nine to six job that i have to go and do but i want to you know do a lot more i want to contribute a lot more to this organization i 
feel a sense of belonging i feel a sense of bonding to this uh, to this workplace because i feel the my employer cares for me so by bringing that element we wanted to kind of amplify the element of we care and genuinely we care not because we wanted employees to feel that we care whereas we did not care that was not the situation but we had to kind of build through it and carolyn the easiest thing is to kind of get take a process and work on the process rework on a process and um ensure that uh, uh, you have a refined new process and it happens in a matter of few months maybe over over a year or so or i don't know it doesn't take too long but changing a culture bringing in that change is like moving an elephant you know it you know to yeah yeah and elephants can move <laughs> They, they can move if, if, you know, if we help them along. Absolutely. So can you just remind us how many, how many employees are in the company that you work with right so now? So we are about 24,000 employees. Yeah. So obviously that's a, a, a big, a big yeah. elephant to be moving. Maybe it's a herd of elephants. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying, I, not that they're elephants, but um, so what are some of the things, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, you know, processes and um, sort of those types of things can be easier to change, but changing and helping evolve 24,000 people and how they operate together is no easy feat. So you've talked about some of the communication uh, or ways to communicate and bring the group together. What are some other things that you did um, so, as, as part of this yeah, initiative? So, uh, the, um, we, we, as I said, we wanted to kind of increase the we care uh, bit of it where people felt a sense of belonging and a, and, and a sense of bonding with the organization. Uh, what we did was we focused on um, various programs and initiatives. One such program was uh, health initiatives because if you notice, each one of us, whoever comes to into the corporate world, spends uh, almost almost practically more than more more than more time awake hours in office than at home. So we we are actually at more at work than we are with our you know family or children or whatever, Brian. So um, and we always come to work and we prioritize work. As a result of which, what happens is um, you know the focus on yourself is always a priority for, and because of which uh, employees uh, generally kind of you know, by repeatedly working day in, day out, over the number of hours that they do work, it kind of uh, tends to, uh, they kind of tend to neglect their health to a very large extent. So we picked up that that yeah. one thing as a very important uh, aspect of ensuring that our employees are healthy. They come to work healthy, they leave us healthy, and they come back to work the next day healthy. And how do we do that is um, we have n number of programs that we do for our employees where we focus on their health, uh, be it mental health or physical health. Um, we have we have counselors which are available 24 by 7. Uh, we also have a lot of um, other initiatives that we have tied up with, uh, you know, laboratories and, you know, uh, hospitals, clinics. We have mindfulness sessions. We have, in fact, a very interesting application. So we, since we are all techies, uh, we, uh, we love to do things on our mobile. So um, we have a healthy habits, healthy ways um, 
uh, app on our mobile, which actually has mindfulness sessions. They do webinars. Uh, we also build uh, healthy habits. So it helps employees build healthy habits and take up challenges with their peers, with their supervisors, like drinking more water, doing more steps and so on and so on. So, you know, it's very interesting wow. how we kind of engage them in, in health and make them think of health first, uh, along with doing work. So there comes that feeling of we care, you know, the employee care, uh, the, you know, the organization cares. The organization cares. Yeah. I mean, and what I love about that is, is it's not just one aspect of health. Yeah. It sounds like it's very much focused on yes. emotional, uh, mental, yes. physical, and, and spiritual. Correct. That's that. That's, that's amazing. And you'd said some little habits. Um, so what would be an example of one of the habits or fun games that are integrated into how people work? So, so it's basically um, limiting your coffee, right it's time to mm. time to take 100 100 steps you know to you take a walk so there are these prompters which come on your mobile phone which says you know uh, time to have 8 hours sleep um you know so it your mobile your application is prompting you to doing uh, certain things so even if you forget so there is a trigger which comes up and uh, when you're saying that you're building healthy habits with peers and you we basically gamified whole thing um, it, it talks about, like, for example, um, drinking two liters of water every day. So you just have to be honest, honest mm-hmm. with the app. And if you actually do that, it gives you points and it tells you how well you're doing compared to your peers whom you're competing with. And there is a sense of achievement. You get rewards, you get, you know, um, you, you get tokens, you get coins, you get, you know, you get multiple points, stars, whatever else, right? You just appreciate you. So it's just another way of, you know, keeping people engaged uh, and focusing on their health. Right. And showing them that, as you said, like we care, we care. Yes. Um, so I'm curious to know what, what was the impact on the business? So, um, you know, you, you put some of these, these tactics in place and then what happened from a business perspective? Yeah. So from a business perspective, naturally you have a lot more engaged workforce. Um, you people have started, um, you know, seeing so much more that's happening without anything being asked in return. Uh, initially, when we started off our initiatives, uh, people were a little weary to even participate and say, oh, oh, really, what is it that you want in return? And those were the kind of, you know, looks we used to get or even people used to say, and why do you want me to kind of be a part of this? You know, uh, mm-hmm. there was no trust or there was no faith that, you know, there's something up the organization's sleeve. We can't be doing this just like that. But over a period of time, they did realize um that yes, there is, you know, a group of people who is continuously thinking about them and wanting to do these initiatives for them. And as a result of which, I believe me, you our communications, um, uh, you know, everything put together, it was like a whole um, rounded, all rounded effort that went in together uh, to the employee, which was, um, which was received so well. And uh, we have seen higher levels of engagement in our groups in our um, in in the entire uh, workplace when we did our pulse checks and our engagement surveys. We found our surveys soaring in the in the positive upward direction. So, which is a good thing. That's fantastic. And then from like from business metrics, some of those uh, you know traditional KPIs, sales, revenue, profit. Did you see any switch uh, or change in 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 those metrics? 
Uh, well, there won't be a direct correlation there, but yes, I mean, if you have a healthy workforce, you will have longer tenured employees. Uh, your attrition numbers would take a dip as a result of which you will have a longevity in your projects that you're servicing your clients. So therefore, your clients will be happy. So it's all it's it's all interlinked. Mm, yeah, and and uh, and I'm curious to hear what what, what um, some of the challenges you faced along the way with uh, with this initiative and and what you did to overcome them. So I think initially what happened, uh, Caroline, was um, as I said earlier as well that um, people were a little not sure um, whether we should we should be a part of this um, or no. Um, we also. Um, we also what we did was um, any particular thing that you becomes predictable. Say for example, I do it once, uh, I do it twice. Um, then it also becomes predictable, and then it gets monotonous. When 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 an initiative or an intera- uh, interaction uh, with the with the engagement group becomes monotonous, people start losing interest. They don't participate. It's kind of a drag. Um, they start taking things for granted. So so the crux of our initiatives uh, or our rollouts was that we did not want to get predictable. So every time we launched something, we always came up with a surprise. We would build on the feedback that we used to receive for previous initiatives, interventions, and then we will, you know, only better ourselves for the next. And every time would be a different theme, uh, you know, something which comes out uh, very differently for the audience and surprise the audience, take them by surprise so that they stay interested and invested. And that is something we learned in the very early stages and we thought that we should implement this as soon as possible. Yes, there would be times when we would run out of ideas, but believe me, so far we haven't. It's been five years now. Wow, five years. And so yes. I love the element of surprise. What would what would be an example of, of a surprise or a, a twist that people weren't expecting? Um all right so so i mean there are so, so there are multiple things that we do um which um so for example we are very strong in our rewards and recognition so we do um uh, we have an annual uh, rewards and recognition uh, program so which we, we used to do earlier in india in 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 a five star hotel uh, where we used to call uh, all our winners and nominees and it was a grand um, you know recognition platform where people used to love um, receiving a pat on their back and feel appreciated for whatever they have done over the last year uh, under the under the spotlight right um, what we did was the, the the second year that we took over, we actually moved that from an India location to a foreign location. We took them somewhere else, um, mm-hmm. and and what they what they experienced um, as a result was something which was absolutely amazing. Uh, so the employees, all the nominees and the winners, everybody was treated with you know like kings and queens, and you know as if they deserved you know, to be there and uh, they deserve to get what they were, you know, the, the way they were being treated. And it was just something that people even till date talk about. So, you know, these are the things that we keep doing. Every year is different for most of our, almost, I would say 80% of our initiatives, we roll out something different every single year. So that's how people just look forward to it. Yeah. And now, and you've been saying we, so um, who is, who is the we that you were referring to? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so I don't do anything myself alone. 
<laughs> so I have I have a group of people who, without whom, I am I won't be able to do anything. So my team is really um, uh, the one who actually produces and creates uh, all of this excitement in the organization, and they're absolutely the ones without uh, without whom we we would not have been able to do. Uh, absolutely move even us in even if you know the little finger <laughs> so it is uh, it's it's my team and uh, a part of my team it's like this uh, Caroline we don't sit out of one location we are multi-location so we are across we spread across India and um, um, and we are um, we are in different states in different parts of the country but uh, there is one thing that uh, we do as a practice which is which initially I felt was very daunting as a leader. I thought that, you know, it's too much to ask of, of the team. But um, I felt that every single person, when I took over uh, this particular role, I felt that everybody had built silos around them. And everybody used to communicate with each other only over uh, emails. And, uh, you know, wait for the email to be read and then somebody will revert back on an email. And there was no conversation that was happening. And I felt that that was something which is very, very evidently missing. Um, so I started kind of getting the entire team together on a daily call. So when you say daily call, that was like, oh, my God, initially people were like, daily call? I mean, are you serious? Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. But then they realize over a period of time and uh, that, you know, it's so important. Today, I don't have to necessarily precede the call. I mean, the daily call happens irrespective. People come wow. on the call. Within a half an hour, they finish off everything. Frankly speaking, there are no mails to exchange because everything yeah. is sorted on that half an hour and they know exactly where to go, what to do and what to achieve. Everybody has their own targets and everybody's running behind it. And as a result, yeah. we realize that we achieve. We achieve so many things and so fast. Um, we are amongst one of the teams who uh, who are all, almost packed with work at all given points in time and um, absolutely producing every time, every single time, producing a lot more uh, and at tremendous speed. And I'm very proud of that. And so, so is this an HR team across India or do you have like a, a cross-functional team that helps with this initiative? Yeah, so it's it's an HR team um, initially who was uh, into various different um, functions. Then we kind of gathered people who are like-minded, and I felt we could possibly maybe work together because it's very important that we align as well. And um, and yes, all of these people came together across uh, across these different parts of India and formed one team. And uh, we just we just. Uh, we just execute what we execute. Great, great. Mm -hmm. that, that's uh, I, I I just love the, the half hour a day connect. Right, it's it's a way to connect. And do you do it at the beginning of the day before things really get rolling? Yeah. So so typically uh, we don't do this right in the morning. Um, so we allow people to come in and you know settle in. And uh, this would typically be at 11 o'clock in the morning. So it's 11 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And that's it. We, we just know what we're doing for the next rest of the day. And the next we connect is the next day in the morning for half an hour. And it's right. just, it just happens so well. Um, and I, I remember my previous team, uh, you know, whenever I meet up with them, they say, you know what, what we miss is that half an hour call. 
<laughs> so. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, like we just, we want to connect and, and half an hour isn't a lot of time, but it is, it's enough time to, yes. uh, to get some good stuff done. And Correct. what's happened as a result of that call, it sounds like um, there's more efficiency. You're yeah. able to not rely on email. Um, Correct. Correct. The communication tool. Correct. And and plus, we also have cut down a lot of unnecessary time that you end up spending because you send an email, then you wait for an email response, then you send another response. All of that kind of cuts short, right? I mean, you just pick up the phone, talk yeah. to your... And I've seen the sense of bonding it brings in into the team. My team is extremely well connected and um, they know that they have a common purpose and they have a common goal to reach. You know, if, though everybody is working on different initiatives, but uh, everybody uh, knows that this is, you know, wherever possible, they help each other. And this is, I don't have to tell them that. They do it on their own, which is, which is great. Yeah. And so, and that's obviously filtering down to other areas of the organization, all 24,000 people. Um, yes. Are there yes. other teams that have adopted this practice as a result? Or, or can you comment on, on the impact that, um, that this has had on others, um, other teams? Yes, yeah, so I, I have moved uh, in my organization um, from various teams. So in the past, I have kind of had the, um, uh, I have had the, um, you know, responsibility for multiple different teams as well. And wherever I have been, I have done this. So I have left a legacy. So wherever I have left a legacy, it's continued in most of the places, you know, so which is, which, is, which is a good thing. Yeah, because yeah. I, I believe as a leader, you need to you need to invest in your people. You need to listen to them more than anything else and you need to boost their confidence. Um, and uh, and I've been a very strong belief and I would like to kind of voice this out on this um, uh, on this on this forum is I. I feel, Caroline, people, employees don't leave organizations. They leave managers. Yeah. Right. So I think it's, 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 it's our responsibility to kind of hold on to people and bring out the best in them. Yeah. And, and I mean, well, we met at work human. Um, yeah. Clearly we, we have a, a shared, uh, a shared belief there that, um, just being human and being real at work is, is uh, a way to unlock so much potential that we that we can all bring to these organizations and you've shared some very human examples about how we can do that correct correct absolutely and so um you know you you started getting into this um this idea of leadership and and one of the guests that i had on previously jackie lauer she made a statement which was if i transform me i will transform the system and so is there is there a, a transformation or um, a time in your your career where you you can recall a notable transformation uh, for you as a leader? Huh. well, mm, interesting. So I think um, transformation of me as a leader, I think I've, I've never declared that I've arrived in life because I am constantly learning. I don't think that I have, uh, in the last 24 years, mastered the art of leadership. Um, I'm still, I'm still learning. Every day is a new learning. Uh, but whatever I have uh, so far learned and adopted, um, 
I've always realized whenever I've talked to my teams, uh, there is there is an immense sense of respect for the way we kind of uh, um, for, for the way um, I have um, treated them or worked with them or you know continue to kind of um, uh, you know get ex- you know tasks executed. So I think um, the feedback that I've always heard is that uh, you know there is there is there's nothing that we have to hide from you 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 create um you know uh, that absolute platform for us to kind of kind of come up and have a dialogue with you um and there is uh, there is respect for um our ideas you respect our ideas and you give us that you know you you listen to us um i think this is not cultivated um you know at any a particular juncture caroline it it is it actually happened over the period of years that i've been you know leading teams and uh, working with people um that i have developed uh, developed this i would say art because leadership is an art yeah yeah it is and and so when when did you really recognize how how much that could tap into their potential. So as you said, you know, it took a few, it's taken many years, but was there a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the secret or this is something I have to do more of. Hmm. So um, I can give you an example. Um, I was uh, not in an HR role for, for a good four to five years uh, in my career. And I was doing um, delivering HR outsourcing to various clients of my or, of, of, for the company that I worked for. And uh, we had a, you know, a set of people who were actually uh, data entry operators. So they were absolutely at, um, they, they were the first level and then came the process experts and then the delivery guys and so on and so forth. Um, so that was the buildup. So uh, I, I felt that, I feel, and I strongly believe even today that every single person exists uh, because he or she has some um, good, um, you know, qualities about them, and they are capable of producing um, a lot uh, on their own. You just need to, as a leader, identify that potential and build on that potential. Uh, identify the talent and try to give them the avenues that would, you know, allow them to kind of come out um, better than, uh, uh, you know, better uh, themselves. Um, uh, than what uh, what they what they currently are doing. So, say for example, we were I was just talking to you about this uh, incident where we had these transaction processing guys, we had these data entry operators. What we did was um, in our outsourcing activity um, that was at the bottom most rank, we actually gave them enough and more work and we made them run like horses for our client by converting them from data entry operators into transaction processing experts and believe me you the level of confidence those guys had because they were domain experts they were good at what they were doing all they needed was that lift that you know that boost and that confidence of the leadership saying that yes you can do it and and they used to they they used to kind of be eating out of the clients' hands because the um, clients were so impressed with what they were producing um, in terms of you know transaction processing activities that they were doing for them, which were error free um, and uh, zero error, and uh, that was achievable wow. only because only because we showed them the way, we gave them the confidence, and we told them that they can do it. Um, 
you know, otherwise it was just one very simple activity of doing data entry. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And you know what, what I think is so powerful about that example as well is that there wasn't a mandate from the top yeah. uh, or, you know, from the CEO saying, you know, you need to do this. It's mm-hmm. um, it's creating that experience within the team. And that's something that, uh, you know, with the PWE concept, purposeful workplace experience, what I am so passionate about sharing with people is that you don't have to wait for directions from the top yeah. and, and there's things you can do on your own team to create these great experiences that tap into the potential. And you've shared some phenomenal examples of that mm-hmm. uh, today, which, uh, which are, which, you know, that's what we, that's what we want out of life, right? We want to be able to go to work and contribute um, and, and feel, and feel valued. Absolutely. Agree. Completely agree with you. And I think uh, at no point in time, um, actually the beauty is in my entire corporate life, um, I have never got, I've only got, you know, targets, but nobody's ever told me how to kind of go and get those targets. It's always me who has decided um, the best path because I, um, because I've always charted um, the right path and always tried to do better than what I have done in the past and always looked at, you know, improvising the way you've been working uh, as a result of which, uh, since you have so much of, um, um, you know, uh, empowerment uh, that is being given to you, you also do that to your you know, one downs and their one downs. So it kind of cascades down to the last person in the team. And if you leave them, if you set them free, give them a target and expect them to achieve the results and just keep guiding them all along and they will, they will build, they will build, you know, fabulous uh, things for you. I mean, just something out of your imagination. Yep. The, the sky's the limit when, when we just trust and, and let the creative, uh, let the creative juices flow out of people. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, I am so glad that we bumped into each other at, uh, at Work Human um, because it led to this great conversation. And and I hope, Neon, that yes. our paths will cross again sometime. Yes, I, again. I hope so too, Caroline. It was an absolute pleasure. You remember what we talked about, right? You had missed, lost your luggage and, and I was like, I did. <laughs> you were so flustered. And yeah, but uh, yes, it was, so, it was so nice to meet you. And thank you so much for this opportunity. And I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I gravitated over to the line wearing uh, the clothes that I'd had been in for two and a half days uh, because my luggage did not make it. Um, So clearly uh, there was another force pulling me over there to you. So thanks so much again for your time and uh, and for sharing uh, these words of wisdom with uh, with all the listeners. Thank you. Appreciate it. And have a great weekend. in hearing more about PWE? Well, I'd welcome you to buy my book, Rules of Engagement, Building a Workplace Culture to Thrive in an Uncertain World. I share stories, personal and professional, about different elements of PWE, and it's available on Amazon or on Indigo. Thanks to all of you out there. This is why we do this. This is why we have this conversation. We look forward to being with you again on our next PWE and Me podcast. Now, the best way you can hear us is to subscribe on Spotify, 
or iTunes. And if you don't like either one of those two, you can always go to my website at carolynsuara.com.